I feel like doing a little bit of preaching tonight and really sharing with us tonight and continuing our series, Jesus and. I mean, we've been hearing Corona this, Corona that. Let's stay on the topic, amen. All right, let's stay on topic because I believe what I'm gonna share with you tonight is gonna be a blessing because guess what? Eventually you're gonna get over this and we will get over this. But here's the blessing about it that we have to be prepared for what God is trying to do and what God wants to teach you through this. Because I also want to help your our mindsets tonight because while we're isolated and while we are uh, quarantining and all of that stuff like that and um, the real reality is that gives us more time in our hands to look at other things. And I want to put, put our attention to 1 Samuel chapter 8 for our listening tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 8. And it says, now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes and perverted justice. Let me stop here. Let me stop here. We've been in a series entitled Jesus and for the month of March. And it's so interesting that all of this is happening while we are talking about Jesus and having everything revolved and centered around him. Pretty much saying that it's not Jesus and something else with your agenda, no. We talked about how Jesus's agenda is the only one we need to have. We talked about how Jesus should be the only God in our life and not serve other masters. But here's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna focus on how that how we're going to focus how focus on how what we have in him not only we're going to piggyback on talking about how what we have is sufficient in him that what all we have is all we are is is, is we, we are adequate we are self-sufficient in him all right here we have it ladies and gentlemen that we have samuel samuel is one of the godliest men in the bible very godly he, he walked upright before God. Yeah. I mean, Samuel was, he instituted the school of the prophets. He ordained kings, showed them how you are to operate and all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It is so interesting that no matter how good he is, that not always because of how good you are, your offspring is going to walk in the same way you walked. Wow. Here's the thing about if you want to bring fault upon Samuel in any type of way, ladies and gentlemen, it would be that he did something that he should not have done. He should not have appointed his sons as judges. It was only, it's only God who appoints judges. Yes, sir. And the reality is at this moment, it was not that they needed to appoint judges. Samuel was older. He was around 56, pushing close to 60 around this time. Some Bible scholars would estimate, mm -hmm. right? So his ministry, he was getting a kind of... Um, he was getting kind of growing old, as they would say at this time, that he was getting up there in age and he wasn't as, you know, when you get up there in age, you're not as nimble as you used to be. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're not as, you know, flexible, getting around, doing all of what need, needs to be done. And so Samuel was the voice of the people. He was the prophet of the people of Israel right now. And so what he does is he appoints judges. Here's the thing that you have to understand about judges, ladies and gentlemen. Judges are only appointed for an appointed time. Yeah. Yeah. They're, only, they're only appointed for an appointed time. 
Uh, let's fast forward, and when we get to the book, when we're in the, excuse me, in the book of Judges, ladies and gentlemen, Gideon, he was a judge for an appointed time. Yeah. The Israel wanted to make him a king, and he said, no, not doing that, because he served his purpose. And the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that God was setting it up as to be a bureaucracy or a monarchy, that they would have a king. And in this time, God is the king of Israel, right? He, he, he is the king. He would be the one who would be the king over them. And so real reality is there's a difference because there's a difference between judges and kings because kings, ladies and gentlemen, what they had was they had ultimate rule. They ruled until they died. And here's how kings work is they would pass it on to their descendants. Samuel was not in the place where he could pass something like that on to his sons. Yeah. I'm not going to get into the whole church stuff around here. I'm going to continue to preach. <laughs> Reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that these two his sons, did, did, they, were, they were not good leaders at all. Yeah. They did not walk in the integrity and, the, and, and, and walked in fellowship with God as their father had did. While your father was a great example, they did not walk in his example. Mm -hmm. And at this moment, they were taking bribes, they were perverting things. And at this point, we get to verse 4, and it says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered together, and they came to Samuel at Ramah. Here's the thing. I respect the elders because at least they respected Samuel and, and his place. Yeah. That they at least came together in a respectful way, not in a riot, but they came to him in a respectful way like, hey, man, your sons ain't it. <laughs> and they had, and guess what? And they had every right to do so. If you are having horrible leadership and they are perverting and they're not doing what is right for the people and only looking out for themselves, they have every right to go to who the head person that appointed them and say, hey, they not it. So here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, that you, you see here that he appointed them as judges. He, that was one fault of him by appointing his sons as judges and not allowing God to, appoint, to direct who he would place. That's all right. But at this moment, it wasn't the time for that. Yeah. So he puts them in position. His sons are not doing what's right. Samuel is also, is also committing somewhat of the same problem that, his, that the one that went before him, Eli, had. Eli did not correct his sons. But the difference between Samuel and Eli is this, that eventually he went with the voice of God. Versus Eli. Verse 4, we have it, then all the elders of Israel, and they came, they came to him, and let's see what they said. And I want us, I want us to look at this. Verse 5, and it said, and said to him, look, you are old. And your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, here it is. Now, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Verse 6 says, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And here's what the Lord's response is to him in verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Yeah. Ooh, my God. 
Here's what I want to really deal with. And it is this one verse. Verse five. And said to him, look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. That's fair. Here's it. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Here's where we want to deal with tonight is this verse. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that they, Israel, has always, and let's not even go with Israel, let's go with humanity, period, has always had a problem with accepting God as king. You and I are prone to wonder. Unfortunately, while we're saved, there are sometimes moments where we're prone to wonder. But here's what's always been humanity's problem. Is that we have looked at everybody else and everything else instead of accepting what we have through him. And while God has made every effort on his part to show you how good he is. His goodness for some is not good enough for them. While God has brought the people of Israel out of all of these many years of slavery. And he's made them a great people in Egypt that still was not enough for them. It still was not enough for them because they felt like. What they had and who they had was not adequate enough. All the other nations, ladies and gentlemen, had a physical king. And you're telling us that our king is an invisible God we don't see. So what we want is something, somebody we can actually see to be king. To judge us like the other nations. Here's what we have. You know what this is a problem of? It is a problem of comparison. Yeah, absolutely. What God was trying to do for Israel was to have them stand out. He was calling them to be, he called them, he called them for his own purpose. He made them a people that would stand out for his glory. But that was not good enough for them because they didn't, felt, they didn't feel like what they had was adequate or sufficient enough because all the other nations have a king. We're tired of going on your God, Samuel. We want a physical king. We don't want what we've been experiencing at this point. Do you not understand that in all of these many 400 years now that they did not have a king at this point? It's been God. At all of this point, it's been God. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. It is not the fact that God did not want to eventually give them a king. Here's the thing. God was going to give them a king, but it wasn't the time. Because God was trying to get them to a place of being so confident and so content with him. That when he did give it to them, they wouldn't lose sight of him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I would want to suggest to you tonight is that God, ladies and gentlemen, has things that are lined up for you, but in your, but in your intent and in your motive, that's where we got to deal with. Yeah. It wasn't like it, the, the, the acts itself was bad. It was the motive behind it. Mm-hmm. It was the intent. God, give me this. It's not that God don't want to do that for you. It's just that it ain't the moment. God in this moment, it's not that God, God, there's a difference between God's sovereign will and his perfect will. And what they were rejecting was his perfect will. But sovereign will, God allows it. God allowed Saul to be king. It's not that it was his perfect will. He allowed it. His real perfect will was that David would be king. And eventually, God got what he wanted. Because his plan will always prevail. Because the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, Saul did what God knew he would do. Become prideful in himself. That's when, when Samuel went to pick the next king, he said, that's the man that's after my own heart. Right there, David. Put him there. That is the one. He's the anointed one. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, when we're in quarantine and we're in isolation right now because of this whole virus thing, it causes you to begin to scroll on your social media pages, looking at this person, looking at that person. And the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm trying to get to you tonight is by looking at all of that other stuff, what happens is we become discontent with what we have and become discontent in who we have. And the reality is, is the reality that we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is that what happens is we start calling to God, asking him for things out of bad motives, out of wrong motives. It's not that what you're asking is bad. It's the it's the motive of which you're asking for it with. And the reality is that I'm trying to get us to understand in this Jesus and series is that the ad we are adequate and we are sufficient in what we have. The reality is, is that the reason why we are not, we, we, we may be concerned, but we're still fine is because we understand that Jesus is our king. Yes, yes, and with Jesus being our king, ladies and gentlemen, when you understand the rules of a kingdom, you understand that the king is responsible to, oh my God, for the, oh my God, for the health and well-being of his citizens. Yeah. And the reality is, is that God at this point was telling Samuel, listen here, you taking it too personal. It's really not about you. The reality is, is that they could reject you and your sons. But the reality is, is that they're really rejecting me. Because at this point, I brought them through all of this. I brought them into the promised land. I brought them from uh, out of the hands of Pharaoh. I, I preserved them and I, I've done all of this stuff. And it's still not good enough. And they want to ask for something that they don't even know what they're asking for. And they're asking for it, not in a wrong way, but they're asking for it in a, and they're not asking, it's not that what they ask is is wrong, it's the motive. Not understanding that what they're really asking for and what they're really hoping for is something that they don't need. At this very moment. You know, out of all of the 40, over, over all of the 40 and some kings Israel had, there was only eight that walked up right before God. 
only eight. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, God was teaching a lesson. It is not man that you should be looking to so that you can be like all the other nations. It's really me. Are you hearing me tonight? I don't need you. Here's the thing. I don't need you looking to the government. I don't need you looking to Trump. I don't need you looking to all of this stuff. Politicians, all of this stuff like that. That is not what's that is not the answer to what you have. Because the real reality is, is that those other nations are not like you. Here's the thing. God is trying to make you special and you trying to still fit in with the crowd. God is trying to set you apart to show that there's a difference between his people and other nations. But yet you want to be like them. And the, re- and the reality is, is in this Jesus and series, is that it is okay with being special with yes, Jesus. Oh. It is okay of letting God work on you and have you set apart so that when you do get the very thing you ask for, it comes in the right way. Come on. Are you hearing me tonight? The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that God is at a place within to say, you know what? If, this, if I'm not good enough for them, you know what? Heed their voice, Samuel. Heed their cry. I want you to do what they ask for. But here's what I'm going to do. I want you to give them what they ask for, but I want you to forewarn them. I want you to forewarn them, ladies and gentlemen, of what's going to happen with the man you put your trust and hope in. Since you don't think I'm good enough, you put it in your hope in man, and this is exactly what's going to happen to you. And here's the thing. Here's what God will do. God will forewarn you about something so you can make a decision with all of the with all of the information. But here's the thing that even when we're forewarned about something, because we are already set in our minds and hearts about something, we will dis, we will disregard the forewarning. We will ignore it like we ignore some bill collectors on our phones. I know I do that, amen. <laughs> but we will do that in a sense because at the end of the day, we are made up in our minds and in our hearts about what we want. Are you hearing me tonight? You cannot become so caught up into yourself and caught up into what your wants and all of that is, ladies and gentlemen. And oh my God, and it causes you to miss what God wants for you at the proper time. Because God was setting up something for them in his proper time. God was grooming a king for them in his proper time. But because of their impatience. And because of what they truly wanted in their hearts. They said, God, give us a king. And we want him now. (laughs) Samuel was disgusted. He was disturbed by this. It disturbed him so much so that Samuel said, I need to talk to God. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, what's up with this? They saying that I'm old. My sons are this. What's going on? God said, heed their voice. They have rejected me. The reality is that that when Jesus walked the face of this earth, him being God, they rejected him as the king. They said, we have no king but Caesar. They rejected him as the king. And reality is, is that God, no matter how faithful he is to us, sometimes we will reject him because we don't feel like he is enough. Because I want to be like the next person. I want to have what they have. 
But you don't understand that them nations are probably wondering that they have something that we don't have. My God, when they had the Ark of, there was a nation. I can't even think it off the top of my head. There was a nation that thought by stealing the Ark of the Covenant that they'll finally got what Israel had. And it brought a plague among their people. Because they thought by getting that thing, they didn't understand the thing they had was God. Yes. Here's, there's people that are jealous of what you have, but yet you're jealous of them. Yeah. You're envious of them. Wow. Not understanding that what you have is what they want because of who you are connected to. Come on in here. Because I'm connected with Jesus, there are certain things that are going to be flowing through my life that you are not going to have the privilege of because you're not submitted. Oh, man. I hope this is helping us so far. I'm really trying to get us to understand something here tonight. That despite all of this is what's going on, all of us have been going to a place in social media with comparing ourselves with the next person. Looking at our lives and looking at the life that people pull up. And let me tell you something now. And then you get to a place of being displeased. And you get to a place of saying, God, when is it going to be my turn? When is it going to be my turn? And the reason why you're asking that is because you want to outdo the next person. Instead of being content. In your time. See, here's the thing. When you are solely concerned and revolved around Jesus, it doesn't matter about the comparisons because you understand that Jesus is making you and building you into something special that he's called into himself. Oh, my God. Look at, say to yourself, say, I'm special. That God has called to himself. Hallelujah. For Exodus 6 verse 7 says, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. He tells them and tells Moses to let them know that I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out. God was bringing, God was, God was calling them to himself. But yet, through all of what it is, they always wanted something else. You know, that is how bad sin is. Sin is never content. There is no contentment that's found in sin. It always longs for more that is damaging to itself. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that God is in a place asking you, is it me you really want or is it what you see others doing that is what you want? And I feel, as ladies and gentlemen, that the church, people are saying revival, revival, but however I think, and I would like to consider to you today, Maybe God is stripping us from certain things at this moment yeah. so that we can really see where the intents of people's hearts are. Yes. Where are the motives of people's hearts? Is it really Jesus? Mm. Or is it that I want to be seen, ladies and gentlemen, like all the other nations? Mm. In the book of Genesis, ladies and gentlemen, there were people that gathered together to say, we're going to build the biggest tower there is. We're going to build it up to the heavens. It's called the Tower of Babel. 
at that place, ladies and gentlemen, God confused their languages because in their heart, ladies and gentlemen, they set themselves up because we want to be as known as seen all throughout the nations of our great work without God. They pretty much said, Samuel, we don't want him. We want a man. We don't want, we want a king, not your God. We want, we want, we want somebody who's going to lead us that we can see. Instead of listening to you, we want actually somebody else to listen to. That is not God's mouthpiece. I want that. Why am I coming for us? Because it's a matter of heart. It's not what they were asking for was wrong. It's the intent. My question to you is, what is your intent on what you're asking God for? Yeah. I, was, I would suggest to you, it's not that what you're asking for is the wrong thing. It's the way, it's the heart in which you ask it in. Yeah. Because the real reality is, if you want God to make you a special, God is doing it already. But he's not doing it in your timing. Because you're looking at the next person and saying, God, you're doing something for them. Or whatever you're looking at to see what's going on in the next person. But the real reality is, ladies and gentlemen, you don't really know what all that is to that. Yeah. Is this helping anybody? If this is helping you, say amen. Deuteronomy 17, verse 14 and 15 says, When you come to the land which the Lord God has given you and possess it and dwell in it and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. Verse 15, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses one from among your brethren you shall set as king over you, and you may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. It was not that they were not going to get a king. They were going to get a king, but in God's timing. It's not that God is not trying to bless you with that or bless you with that. It is in God's what? Timing. Say God's timing. Here's the thing. When you are revolved around Jesus, you'll understand that his timing is perfect. His timing is perfect, ladies and gentlemen. That is where God wants us to be. And God, ladies and gentlemen, is getting us all to a place. And I don't know why I went this direction tonight. But he's trying to get us to a place and call the people of God back to a pure motive. Yes, back to a place of pure intentions yes, where it's just him. Yes, Not because I want to be seen outdoing the next person. Yes, but I'm doing it solely because of God's glory. Yes, the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that God is saying, when will you get to a place of stop rejecting me and accepting what you have is good enough? That what I put in you was, is good enough. That what me and my, what my plan for your life is good. He said, for I know the plans I have towards you. Plans of good, not of evil. To lead you to an expected end. And my charge and my clarion call to the people of God tonight is that God's plan is good. Yes, it is. And your plan does not compare to God's. 
And God's plan, ladies and gentlemen, is so extravagant that when God reveals that and it brings you to the forefront in your life, you'll begin to see how it stands you apart from everybody else. Hallelujah. I always ask God, why are you growing us like this? Why is it that we are not growing as the next person? Y'all don't want honesty. I'm like, why are you doing it like this? Because what God will do for you is to build your roots and your foundation so firm that when God does elevate you, you are elevated with knowing that he is the king and is in charge and that it was not of your own doing, but it was of God's doing to keep you to a humble place. And understand that being content with what you have is good enough. Being content that God is good enough for me and that I don't care what the next person is doing. God bless them. God bless the other people. But I'm going to stand and stay in the lane of what God has for me. I'm not going to go to the left. I'm not going to go to the right. I'm not going to get out of God's perfect will to settle for his sovereign will. I want his perfect will. Perfect. Let me back myself. There's his permissive and his his perfect will. Permissive and perfect will. Permissive is something God allows. His perfect will is what he has ordained and said. Are you hearing me tonight? Are you hearing me? Yeah. And they wanted to get out of God's perfect will. God is raising up David, but you once saw. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Not that it wasn't that God allowed Saul, but it wasn't, mm, it was the people's choice. It wasn't God's. He allowed the choice of the people, but it was David who he wanted. Hallelujah. God is working. You don't understand that there's a young boy that, that is being raised named David. Yes. But Lord, give us a king. And he was waiting for the thing to come into maturity, but you wanted so. And so here's the thing. Then when you finally get it, it doesn't end up being the thing that you thought it would be. Yes. Ooh, I'm coming to a close. But let me tell you something. Somebody shout, I'll wait for David. I'll wait for David. The real reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that was the man that was after God's own heart. God didn't say that Saul was a man after God's own heart. He said he looked at David and said, that is who I want. He's a man that has my heart. Hallelujah. Some of you, you're saying, God, give me marriage. But yet you settle for something else. And yet God had something else waiting for you. But out of your impatience, you settle for that. Then God, oh my God, so God, give me this opportunity. God had an opportunity already waiting for you. But yet you rushed ahead and took that other thing. But it wasn't God's fault. But he allowed you to have it and saw, and you saw that it wasn't really it. And so you had to find out the hard way so you can just get the right thing. Are you hearing me tonight? 
And some of you have been, guys, give me this. Give me that. Help us, Lord. And God is saying, I am your king. Yes, Lord. And Whoa. being content with me. Some of you will not really understand the blessing of it until you really allow God to be Lord over your life. Don't reject the one that wants to bless you. Don't reject the, one, the hand of somebody who feeds you. And they were rejecting it. While God yet allowed it. While God yet allowed it. What he did. Will say okay. But I'm going to give you the information. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And you can make the choice for yourself. Or what you're going to do. But I'm going to tell you this. You better choose wisely. You better choose wisely. Because you don't want to mess up and choose something that was not God ordained. That's it. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm violent. Listen, there's there's things that I thank God for that we did not do. Because in God's sovereignty and knowing, He knew what was about to happen. There was things that we were talking about as a team to do and stuff like that. And all of this happened right now. And I was like, I thank God because God, through his wisdom and us being obedient to him, did not make certain moves that would cost us to be in a jam if something would happen like this. <laughs> and that's the thing I thank God for tonight. I'm telling you now that when you go God's way and you do what he wants you to do, if it's only him that you are really after and seeking, then no matter what everybody else is doing, you're not going to worry because you're content and adequate in who you have. Are you hearing me tonight? He said, Samuel, they rejected me. And the real reality is, I believe and I pray that through all of this, that God will turn our hearts in repentance for rejecting his perfect will. That's what God had a problem with them with. That's what human, our, the, the problem with humanity and the fall in our fallen nature, that our fallen nature will never really fully accept God as king. That's why you need a heart change. And that's through accepting Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you not know that even when the world gets better, because there will be a day where Jesus will set up his, in the millennial reign, God, Jesus will set up his kingdom on the earth. And then the Bible talks about how Jesus will lose Satan for, lose Satan for a season, and yet he will still deceive people. Why? Because a heart can't bring itself to fully accept the goodness of God. Oh my God. God is good. Yes, he is. But the reality is if you don't bring yourself to it, you will continue to reject it. 
Because what you want and what God wants are two different things. And God is saying that if you just stay alive with me, your life will be forever blessed. Do you receive this word today? Stand your feet. Reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that and I, I in the series tonight, Jesus, I, I really feel so, so pressed about this, y'all. May you receive and accept the will of God over your life. I know it's not the way you would want it to be all the time. But I promise you, if you stay the course, you won't end up like how Israel did with going between kings and these kings and those kings that just abused and did whatever they wanted to do and just have a few sprinkled in that were good. No, God wants you to see and be in his goodness and really be in his perfect will. Not his permissive, but his perfect will. In the name of Jesus, I want you to take this moment and say, God, I want to be in your perfect will tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that I would decrease and that you would increase. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now and ask for forgiveness if my will is conflicting with yours. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, give me your heart for my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray amen. Listen, if you're not saved,